And the Baltimore Ravens put the Cincinnati Bengals in an 0-2 hole to start the 2023 season. We talk about that and so much more coming up next here on this crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen each and every day on this show. We're free and available all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code all lowercase lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We're back. It is a crossover Thursday, our second crossover Thursday of the 2023 season, meaning we'll talk with Locked On Bengals. And we got Jake Lisko and James Rapine getting in to the Ravens Bengals week two matchup. A big divisional game is the Bengals are in an 0 1 hole right now. The Ravens want to know if to beat the Houston Texans. The Bengals had a little bit, a bit of a not so good game against the Cleveland Browns. So we'll get into everything biggest matchups, key storylines, and a lot more with Jake and James. And we also get into final score predictions. But with Locked On Ravens, I, I do two score predictions one is an initial score prediction which is not the final one the final score prediction comes tomorrow so if you want to get final score predictions be sure to tune into our friday episode the thursday episode is just talking through the matchup going based off of everything there then the friday score prediction is actually what the final what my final score prediction is so be sure to subscribe here on youtube audio form as well and subscribe to subtext where there's exclusive content one-on-one text conversations and it's another way to support me and my work so i really appreciate that it's been really fun getting to know the people who are on subtext and then hopefully you'll come along for the ride there's a link a bit in the description below all caps and anyone can join so hopefully i'll see you over there but let's dive into this crossover thursday with locked on Bengals, guys let's dive in to the biggest matchups the biggest stories and everything going on with the first version of ravens bengals 2023 and kevin from a Ravens perspective, got the dub in week one, took care of business against the Houston Texans, but appeared to pay the price with some costly injuries. Is that the biggest story in Baltimore this week? Yeah, Jake, it definitely has to be. With everything the Ravens have gone through injury-wise the past two seasons, they have not gotten off to a strong start in terms of their health this year, too. Even before the year, Marlon Humphrey goes down with a foot injury in training camp and he is still out and did not practice again on Wednesday with the first injury report of the week coming out on Wednesday. But during the game against Houston, it was injury after injury after injury. Marcus Williams ends up with a pec injury. He's going to be out for a while. The Ravens signed Ron Harmon to kind of take his place as a rangy free safety. I don't know if he'll get the call up this week from the practice squad. He was just recently signed. But after that, J.K. Dobbins goes down with a torn Achilles. He's done for the season. It's just, You, you got to feel for J.K. Dobbins, who's been through yeah. so much over the past two, now three seasons. After really having a phenomenal rookie season, led all running backs in yards per carry during his rookie season at six. And then it wasn't done. Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum both go down with injuries. And the Ravens offensive line did not play really well to begin with against the Houston defensive front. that I do think has some underrated players on it. But 
those two guys, John Harbaugh classified as week to week. So I would not expect to see them in this game against Cincinnati. Would not expect to see Marcus Williams or Marlon Humphrey. Mark Andrews was limited. He had a quad injury he was dealing with since about the end of training camp. John Harbaugh said he looked good, but of course, it's kind of something to keep an eye on over the course of the rest of the week. But it's been injuries, injuries, injuries for this Ravens team. And it seems like every time we talk, guys, it's it's the story here for the Ravens because they've been, they've been through it so much and they might just be paying the price for that amazing luck they had in 2019. And I don't think they lost one starter on both sides of the ball, but they've paid the price these past couple of seasons for it. No doubt. I, I think you're right. Every time we talk, we're talking about injuries to the Ravens and, and I'm writing about how the injury bug has bit them for the Bengals. The biggest story, it's simple. Can you avoid a slow start? Because that's obviously what they did on, on Sunday in Cleveland. But if you get to one and one, it's much, much different than their second straight Oh, and two start. And they did that last year, started Oh, and two in the division Oh, and two on the season as well. And we're able to win it. But I think that's it here in Cincinnati. Can Joe Burrow and this offense figure it out? specifically against another division opponent that has had their number over the past three matchups has kept this offense in check. So that's uh, certainly the the storyline, whether it's Joe Burrow's calf. Uh, I know there was rumblings online about Joe Burrow's thumb, which isn't a thing. He's, he's healthy and throwing the ball fine now, but the other day it was, it was ugly in Cleveland and there's no denying that he poked fun at himself on Wednesday. And so the biggest storyline for these Bengals can they go out there, get a win, avoid the slow start? And I say that in quotes. At the same time, can this offense figure it out uh, against the defense and the Ravens that, like I said, has, has been able to slow them down? I think that's a big question mark going into Sunday. Mike McDonald has had a fantastic approach for the Ravens defense in these games, especially after the Roquan Smith edition, making as big a difference as you can make at the linebacker position. But I, I do wonder about these injuries. For the Ravens, Kevin, circling back, I look at the Ravens' depth chart, and I am not familiar with who the backup center is in Baltimore. Who is taking the reps in Tyler Linderbaum's place on Wednesday? Yeah, well, there are a couple of answers that could come to fruition come Sunday. What they could end up doing is rolling with Patrick McCarry at center, who was kind of a super sub, can play all five positions really well, so you put him in at center, but he was the one who had that bad snap in the Buffalo game, in the divisional round that gave Lamar a concussion. So Ravens fans are a little scarred from some bad snapping issues from the past couple of seasons. And then what you would do then is you'd probably put Daniel Falele at left tackle, or you put Morgan Moses from the right side to the left side, and then put Falele on the right side. What I think they're going to end up doing is putting McCarry at left tackle, where he's shown to be pretty serviceable. And then put Sam Mustafer, who was a Chicago Bears starter last season, played a lot of games for them, in at the center position. Now, Sam Mustafer is not the best. Like, he's, he would not be the choice I would put in there. He has struggled a ton in Chicago. Bears fans, it almost reminded me of the Alejandro Villanueva signing when the Ravens signed him. Because Steelers fans were parading in the streets when the Ravens signed Alejandro Villanueva, saying, oh, we get to play this guy twice a year. Kind of the same thing with Bears fans and Sam Mustafer. And the, the grades kind of tell that story a little bit too. Personally, guys, I'm a little terrified of this Bengals defensive front and what they can do against the Ravens. Trey Hendrickson has been a terror. DJ Reader is one of my favorite interior defensive linemen in this league, and they have a bunch of other players that can wreak some havoc. So the Ravens offensive line, as I mentioned, did not play well against the Texans in week one. There were guys on the ground, John Simpson, 
who ended up playing left guard. He won their starting left guard job. He was on the ground multiple times. And the best center who they had, well, actually the best offensive lineman they had in Tyler Linderbaum, he's, he's done. He's not going to probably play in this game. So you're essentially downgrading at two positions. Morgan Moses didn't have a great game. Kevin Zeitler, I think, had one of his worst games in the past three or four years. I think PFF graded him out right around a 50 for his pass blocking grade. So I don't know what's going to hold on Sunday, but for the Ravens, I think it would take a miracle to kind of get a good offensive line performance out of them. But that's why I play the games. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, and the Bengals hopeful that Joseph Osai is back this week. He missed week one, was limited in practice on Wednesday. We'll see about him. Cam Sample was out on Wednesday, and he's had a heck of a camp, heck of a preseason, was disruptive in week one, and I watched him on the exercise bike. I think he's fine. I expect him to to ramp it up and, and be on the field on Thursday for Thursday's session, so we'll monitor that, of course, on Locked on Bengals. But uh, you mentioned that defensive front, Kevin. Those are two key pieces to allow Trey Hendrickson to to get a breather here and there so they're not overly reliant on him or overly reliant on Sam Hubbard, who's honestly a perfect, perfect fit for going up against a team like the Ravens, who obviously wants to run the ball. He's a big part of this Bengals run defense, and, and we know uh, the impact he can make as well. Yeah, Sam Hubbard playing a lot of snaps for the Bengals in week one. I think more than they wanted him to play, and I think he talked about that after the game, excited to get some depth back with Osai's return to spell him a little bit and hopefully get a more consistent rotation on the defensive line. That's certainly one of the matchups we're going to talk about that could decide the game. Trenches for both of these teams, I think, under the microscope this week. I'm also very interested to see the Todd Munkin offense in Baltimore and how things have changed and how well that hits early in the season. We'll get to those key matchups coming up next. This episode of Crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network is brought to you by Jace Medical, who believes that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medicals offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. You don't need to get caught unprepared. You can save more than $360 on these medications by going with Jace Medical Plus, an additional $20 off by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked up. All right, guys, let's talk biggest matchups. Kevin, let's start with the Ravens' perspective as we do. We talked about some of these injuries on the offensive front, but there are quite a few differences in this Ravens team compared to the 2022 version, especially for those Bengals fans who haven't been following the Ravens as closely as your listeners on Locked On Ravens. What do you see as the biggest matchup in this game? Well, I think I could go for a couple. We've talked about the offensive line of the Ravens versus the defensive line and that defensive front of Cincinnati. I mean, I think it's going to be first off neutralizing DJ Reader in the middle and trying to figure out where you go from there. I don't know whether they're going to bring double teams up and kind of stop them at the line or what you do there, but 
I think DJ Reader can probably win a lot of those one-on-one battles against the Sam Mustafer or John Simpson and wherever the Bengals line him up. I'm sure they're going to line him up to optimize what he can do and wreak havoc. Last week, we saw Lamar Jackson you'd have to step up multiple times because pressure came in so fast. The offensive line didn't know the snap count. There are multiple penalties. The Ravens had 13 penalties, guys, last week, which was tied for seventh most in team history. It was the most since 2016. I think they had a... 21 is their team record in 2005, but that's that's neither here nor there. Baltimore's going to have to figure out how to keep Lamar Jackson upright and keep him comfortable in the pocket. And they did a couple of things in that game against Houston in the second half where Todd Munkin adjusted, which is something we did not see as much under Greg Roman. But it was a halftime adjustment where they used Patrick Ricard a little bit more for an extra guy to protect for Lamar, using him in different areas, and also giving Lamar more check down options. There was a couple of opportunities for Lamar to check down to Zay Flowers and just give him that short passing game option if the pressure got there. But Houston was able to get there with four rushers, five, blitzing. It was all of it. And so with Cincinnati, who, again, has a very vaunted defensive front, if, to me, it all starts up front for an offense. And Lamar Jackson, we know what he can do with his legs. He's Houdini. He can do all the different stuff and maneuver around and escape from the pocket and, and make something out of nothing. But you don't want to have him doing that all game. You want to have him comfortable in there, going through reads. And when we saw him go through those reads against Houston, we saw Zay Flowers be able to get open. Odell made a couple of nice plays. Rashad Bateman got open too. So I think you have to try to get the – passing game rolling and I think that starts up front and then you can try to go after those Cincinnati corners and Cincinnati safeties and see what happens yeah I think that's obviously going to be a, a huge matchup please go against the safeties by the way I, I think the Bengals safeties are going to be fine that's been such a, a talking point and uh, they look good the other day they, they combined for 17 tackles Dax Hill had a couple PBUs and an interception so we'll see we'll see there along those lines though I do think Bengals secondary against Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. That is a matchup, and and I'm not sure it's the biggest matchup in this game, but the Zay Flowers I know stood out and got the Bengals' attention for what he was able to do against the Texans because he's a human joystick, and he gives them another weapon that can turn a quick pass into to potentially a long gain, and the gang tackling aspect is is something that I know they were enforcing. So that's one to me when the Ravens are on offense that I'll certainly be paying attention to is one. I'm not sure Baltimore's ever had a guy recent, at least in recent years where you could just throw him a quick pass and he do, uh, and he's able to do what, what Zay flowers is able to do. Um, at the same time, I think uh, th- this Bengals team knows it and it didn't take much film for them to be like, Oh yeah, that Zay flowers kids pretty good. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting one for sure. The return of Mark Andrews, I think, needs to be highlighted as well, assuming that he is good to go, limited on Wednesday, like Kevin said. He is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. The Bengals' treatment of tight ends this year has changed. They're using Dax Hill more in that role instead of Trey Flowers in the past. So the Bengals' nickel or dime look, rather, instead of three safeties, which we've seen from them for a couple of years, or, or a big corner in Trey Flowers, is now the Bengals are, are moving Mike Hilton around and kind of using Mike Hilton more versatilely as a safety. So that'll be interesting to see how the Bengals play matchup with another really good tight end. Dealt with David Njoku last week, who didn't have a huge week, but Mark Andrews certainly a very proven threat. The other piece, when the, when the Bengals have the ball, they need to be better on offense. They were simply dreadful against the Browns. Conditions were one thing. So Bengals versus rain 
it is certainly a matchup this week. We'll see what the conditions look like in Cincinnati. Hopefully it's not so muddy and slick because I've heard coaches, players on both sides talk about how much the conditions affected the passing game for both teams. And the other thing is the offensive line needs to be better. The Cleveland Browns, I think, have one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL with the addition of Dalvin Tomlinson and Cedarius Smith, the depth adds of Maurice Hurst and Ogbo Karankwo, Shelby Harris, really deep group there. I'm not as impressed with what the Ravens have up front, although I think they're good players. I don't think they're just difference makers at the level that Cleveland presents in the defensive front. So looking for the Bengals offensive line to play better, obviously for Joe Burrow to play better, but deciphering that Mike McDonald defense, which kept things under wraps pretty well against this team with disguising coverages last year, I think is a, a big piece this week. But Kevin, when we talk about most important players, it's easy for Bengals fans to point at this and say, it's Lamar Jackson. It's the Baltimore Ravens. They go as Lamar Jackson goes. Is that the case? Or is there someone else that you would highlight as being the most important player for the Ravens this week? Well, I definitely think it, it always has to be Lamar, but it's no fun to just say that. I'll throw out somebody who's who's different from Lamar. I'm going to go way, 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 way deep into nice. the bag and say Jadevian Clowney okay. is going to be the guy. And that wow. is, I see, if you're watching, you see James's reaction there. I'm going to wow. say because Jadevian Clowney had one tackle. I know, I know Jake loves my takes. One tackle in this game against Houston in week one. But what he does isn't in the box score. He's one of the best edge setters in the NFL, super physical, and can do a couple of things. Now, the pass rush has been inconsistent. I don't necessarily view him. A lot of people viewed him as the one-to-one the one, one, one replacement for Justin Houston. I kind of viewed it as Jason Pierre-Paul, where he can play inside, he can play outside, but when it comes to setting the edge and then letting other guys clean up, like Roquan Smith, like Patrick Queen, who Roquan Smith had 16 tackles, Patrick Queen had 11. They combined for 27 total tackles in that week one game. Clowney is someone where if you can make the Bengals offense a bit one-dimensional, and obviously with Joe Burrow throwing the ball, obviously that's a way that they can beat you, right? There's no doubt about it. But I think if you any 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 team any week, if you take away an aspect of an offense, it makes things just a little easier. And I know it's going deep in the bag. I know he's not somebody who's going to go out there and have three sacks as a typical edge rusher would, but I don't think he's a typical edge rusher. He might go out there and have a sack. I wouldn't expect him to show up on the box score a lot, but if he can make the impact that he had in week one in this game in week two against Cincinnati, I think it could have a bigger impact than some people might think. So it's always Lamar Jackson, but I said, why not go for somebody else and put Clowney in the mix there? I'm not as creative as Kevin. It's Joe Burrow and it's Joe Burrow against Mike McDonald. And it's the biggest matchup of the game, the entire game. I, we could talk about trench play and Orlando Brown Jr. versus Jadavian Clowney versus can Joe Burrow get this offense right after last week, but also figure out this, this Mike McDonald defense that did throw a wrench into the Bengals offense throughout uh, last season and in the playoffs when they, the Bengals were at home and needed to get a score to win it. And obviously Sam Hubbard handled that, but man, it was, it was tough at times last year. So can you figure that out with a revamped offensive line? Obviously that goes hand in hand. It's a huge, huge question going into Sunday. Coming up next, let's break down after all of these talking points, what must go right for each team to win and get some quick score predictions as we wrap up crossover Thursday. We'll finish the show there next. But first, this episode of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Bengals 
is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. It's the most fun so many have had. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. It's also really simple to play over on Prize Picks. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And maybe if you're looking at this Ravens and Bengals game, you want to see if Odo Beckham Jr. can go for more than his projected total. Maybe Joe Burrow throwing for more than his projected touchdown total. Lamar Jackson, more total yards. You can do all that over on Price Picks. Price Picks offers lengthy promotions that can lead to big payouts like on Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And Price Picks now even offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. And if you can go to Price Picks right now, pricepicks.com slash LockdownNFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash LockdownNFL. Use code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Kevin, the Baltimore Ravens coming on the road, banged up team. What needs to go right this week for the Ravens to come out of this game with a dub? Well, I think first they just have to get out of the game healthy. No, no more mid-game injuries, please. I think so many people just want Baltimore to get out of a game healthy. But if you're talking about the actual game, I think first of all, you have to stifle Joe Burrow in this offense. I know it was not a pretty day for them on Sunday against Cleveland, but this feels like the ultimate bounce back spot for a Bengals team that certainly is not happy with how they played on Sunday. And I feel like this this has kind of turned in, like the Ravens and Bengals have kind of turned into a bit of a rivalry over the past couple of years. It's two really good football teams, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but you need to be able to stop Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. The thing is, if there's no Marlon Humphrey, and I don't think there will be, Baltimore's corner situation is very dicey. Essentially, the Ravens started Ronald Darby, who they signed just a couple weeks ago, and Brandon Stevens, who has been flip-flopping between corner and safety for a while for them. They signed Rocky Asin as their, I guess, big corner signing in the offseason, and he barely played for him, so we don't really know what's going on with that in Baltimore. But even now with Marcus Williams, and I think Marcus Williams had a really big role in a lot of the Ravens' success over the past, well, when he's been in. He barely missed any time with the Saints, now has two major injuries in two years with the Ravens. But his ability to be a ball hawk in the center of the field, and I know you can look at you know a couple of high safety shells and doing a bunch of that stuff, but... Without him in there, without Marlon Humphrey, you're losing, one, a lot of talent, two, almost all of your investment money-wise in the secondary. With Marlon Humphrey's on almost a $100 million contract. Marcus Williams signed a five-year, $70 million one. So for me, what has to go right for the Ravens is you have to neutralize Joe Burrow in that Bengals offense, and then you have to get good offensive line play. I've been harping on it all episode here. It all starts up front, especially in the run game where the Ravens didn't have a ton of success running the ball. They had two touchdowns from Justice Hill. But when no J.K. Dobbins there, it's going to be Gus Edwards. It's going to be Justice Hill. And then I assume they're going to call up Melvin Gordon from the practice squad. Not really know how much he's going to offer them at this point in his career, but we'll, we'll see what he does. So I think for Baltimore, both sides of the ball, really key for them to get off to a fast start. And, and don't let Joe Burrow start cooking at home because if that happens, it, it could go wrong fast. But I expect a tight competitive game. for me. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be competitive because we still don't know if they've solved this, this McDonald riddle. And, and I keep coming back to that, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Now, we've seen Joe Burrow throughout his career, his first game against Baltimore, got pummeled. 
and then he figured it out, solved the puzzle, and that second game felt different, and, and he was able to do that. Well, now it's a new defensive coordinator, and you had three opportunities last year. Didn't really get to, to, to get it done that way. Obviously, they won uh, the two that mattered the most, but can he solve that? I <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that that's a, a huge question. But you mentioned offensive line play, and, and that's the key here. Outside of Burrow solving the riddle, it's can you protect him? Because if you're going to be able to protect Joe Burrow and he's going up against the banged-up secondary, well, good luck. That's much different than Denzel Ward and those corners he faced last week in Cleveland with with Miles Garrett bearing down on you and uh, Zadarius Smith. And, and so it, it could feel much, much different. I agree with you, Kevin. Getting off to a quick start against a team in the Bengals that I think the pressure is on them this week, that's key for the Ravens. Flipping it, though, the Bengals – can they get something going on offense early just to build a little confidence? Not that they're not confident, but just going down and, and starting the, 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 the game with points and not having to settle for a three and out or having to punt on your first drive, I think that would go a long way, especially considering the, the possessions that they get or don't get against the Ravens. That's something Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow talked about. You don't get many possessions against the Ravens. They like to, to run the ball, run the clock. And so if you're limited possessions wise, you got to make the most of them when you have the ball. And the Ravens using tons more 11 personnel this year, like 30% more than they did last year. So like the offensive transformation for the Ravens, very interested to see how that's different this week. But if you're the Bengals in this game, you look at where the Ravens are hurt and you have to take advantage of that. No yeah. Ronnie Stanley, no Tyler Linderbaum, very likely no Marlon Humphrey, no Marcus Williams. There's some good players still playing on these teams, uh, on the Ravens, obviously, with those guys out. I have a lot of respect for Roquan Smith, for Jadavion Clowney. I've talked up Justin Matabike. I've talked up Travis Jones in the past. But those guys are going to have to play really well for the Ravens to overcome what they're missing in the back end of their secondary and what they're missing on the offensive line. Mar Jackson and those receivers and Mark Andrews are going to have to play really well to overcome the pieces that I think they're missing on the offensive line and in the running game. So I think that the Bengals need to take advantage of those opportunities where they have them. And a big piece is look like a competent offensive line. You talked about confidence, James, and building confidence. If there's one unit that needs to do that this week against, again, I respect the players on the Ravens defensive line. I just don't think they're as good as what the Browns offer there. This is a week that the Bengals need to look better in the offensive line to start going in the right direction. With all that said, Kevin, you're talking about a tight game here. How do you think this plays out in Cincinnati? What's your score prediction? I think you got a desperate Bengals team here now. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think going going down 0-2 would be a disaster for the Bengals. It's it's a classic get right spot. I actually ha I had the Ravens winning this game before the season started, but you can't ignore the injuries that Baltimore has. I, I it'd be great if the Ravens won it. I think they can, but I'm going to give this one to the Bengals after everything that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Maybe things don't go right for Cincinnati, but I'm going to say the final score, and I, I always overshoot it, but these are two talented offenses. I'm going to say 31 to 27 Bengals, wow. but even that to me feels high. That's a lot of points. Yeah, it's a lot of points, and the McDonald riddle would be solved if that's the case. By the way, I'm a fan of points and, and big plays, so sign me up for your result, Kevin. I'm taking the Bengals as well. I – Asked Joe Burrow multiple times on Wednesday kind of what it would mean in, in different ways, and he said how important it was to get to 1-1 one one versus 0-2 oh like they were last year. I think they find a way at home to get it done. 
the Bengals 27, Ravens 20. They've got to get right. If, if they can't take a step in the right direction this week, I mean, they did not look like Cincinnati that is a an NFL offense last week. It was truly, truly dreadful. They need to take a step back in the right direction on that side of the ball to restore confidence in their their chances. And honestly, they should be confident. The Bengals have more often than not bounced back. Week two last year, though, they did not. A major shout out to both Jake and James for talking Bengals and giving some insight into that Cincinnati team. It's been kind of a rivalry for the Ravens and the Bengals. It'd be so huge. It'd be absolutely amazing if the Ravens were to come out with a win. I know injuries are going to make it really tough. And again, if you want to tune in for the final score prediction, because that prediction is not my final one, be sure to tune into tomorrow's episode. But that's all I have for you here today on this episode of Locked On Ravens. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be rounding out the show, continuing to preview the Ravens and Bengals week two games. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.